You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. I am Seth Peterson. I am D.P. Hedren. I'm Rhonda Schwartz. I'm Josh Roberts. This is Jesslyn Gilson. Hello, I'm Victor Webb. Hi, this is Charlotte Ross. Hi, this is Ed Begley Jr. What's up, you guys? This is AJ from the Bastion. Hi, this is Shannon Elizabeth, and you're listening to Talkin' Pets. Talkin' Pets. Talkin' Pets. And you're listening to Talkin' Pets. Talkin' Pets. Talkin' Pets. With John Patch. John Patch. You're listening to Talkin' Pets with John Patch. Hello, America, and welcome to Talkin' Pets with your host, John Patch. Join John and his expert guests with all of your pet questions, concerns, comments, and stories. Now it's time for Talkin' Pets with your host, John Patch. And welcome to Talkin' Pets, heard coast-to-coast on your favorite radio station. This is Talkin' Pets, and I'm John Patch. Joining us is veterinarian Dr. Jared Lazarus, here to answer your medical questions and your behavior questions about your pets. But we have some special guests joining us in this hour. First off, we have joining us the Dolphin in the Mirror, the author Diana Reese. And then after Diana, joining us is the CEO of the Elephant Sanctuary in Tennessee, Mr. Rob Atkinson. The show is produced by Miss Amanda Page. Hey there, Johnny boy. Hi, Mandy. Hey. And also, Mr. Matt at Business Talk Radio Network. So when you call in at 866-606-TALK, 866-606-8255, you'll speak with Matt, and he'll put you on the air with us. Once again, this is Talking Pets. I'm John Patch. Don't go away. Give us a call. 866-606-TALK. 866-606-8255. This is Talking Pets. We still can't see it's up to one. Dr. Diana Reese is a professor in the psychology department at Hunter College and in the biopsychology and behavioral neuroscience program of the Graduate Center, City University of New York. She directs the Dolphin Research Program at the National Aquarium in Baltimore. She is also on the adjunct uh, faculty in the Department of Ecology, Evolution, and Environmental Biology at Columbia University and served as a member of the Animal Welfare Committee of the Association of Zoos and Aquariums. Her research focuses on dolphin cognition and communication, comparative animal cognition, and the evolution of intelligence. She has authored papers published in numerous international scientific journals and book chapters, and her work has been featured in many television science programs. She lives in New York City with her husband and daughter. We welcome onto the program the author of The Dolphin in the Mirror, Diana Reese. Hi, Diana. How are you? I'm fine, John. It's a pleasure for me to be here with you today. It's great to have you on with us. And, uh, of course, I don't know of too many people out there that are not, but like myself, I am a huge fan of dolphins. Well, that's great to hear. Hopefully we'll have lots to talk about today. I want to introduce you uh, firsthand to Dr. Jared Lazarus. Hi, Diana. Hi, Jared. And also our producer, Amanda Page. Hi there. Hello. You know, it's funny because before the, we started the show, Diana, um, we were talking about your book, The Dolphin in the Mirror, and um, our producer, Matt, who actually hooked you up on the air with this, had said, boy, I wonder if she's familiar with Flipper. You're quite familiar with the television show Flipper, aren't you? Well, I am familiar with it, and I was, I, in my book I actually talk about the fact that although I, I was familiar with it, I actually preferred Lassie when I was growing up because I, I was never really involved that much in dolphins or knowing much about dolphins until I got, into, uh, got a bit older and started reading about their uh, beautiful minds and, and how little we really knew about them. But thinking about these animals, these big brains, these minds in the waters, and I wanted to learn more. Now, your book is published by Houghton Mifflin Harcourt, correct? Correct. And it's available, I would imagine, in bookstores and online? Yes. 
Okay, so they can get it there. That's great. And I know we're going to be giving away a couple of books. So if you have a question about dolphins, um, Diana Reese is the expert of all experts here. So uh, give us a call at 866-606-TALK. That's 866-606-8255. Pick up the phone. Give us a call if you've got a question for Diana Reese. And once again, like I said, she is the author of The Dolphin in the Mirror. i got to ask you, the title of the book... The Dolphin in the Mirror, you're, you do talk about how dolphins recognize themselves. The other day I had my cat in my arms, and I was in the hallway, and I was looking in the mirror with my cat, holding my cat. She had, like, no clue, I don't think, of what was looking back at her. But dolphins do, correct? Absolutely. In fact, um, we showed this back in 2001, uh, that if you put a mirror in front of a dolphin and let them have an opportunity to learn about how to use a mirror, they show real similarities uh, to the kinds of behaviors we show and that apes show. You know, we used to think we were the only, uh, the only creatures on this planet that could think. Uh, we figured that out and realized that certainly we're amongst many thinking other animals, as we know now. But with mirrors, that was something, again, we thought was uniquely human. But again, dolphins can do this. And not only do they understand it's themselves, that that's their face in the mirror, but they're really interested in watching themselves do different things. Uh, doing different kinds of behaviors, looking at parts of their body they can't see without the mirror, much of the much of the way we do. I got to ask you too. I mean, you you have been kind of quoted as the dolphin whisperer. Is that correct? I, that, that, I heard that. I don't know where that came from exactly. I try to understand dolphins. I try to watch, listen to them, and let us show show us what they're capable of. Uh, that that title um, came from somewhere. I'm not sure where though. I got to ask you too. In terms of intellect, um, you know, humans are supposedly on the top of the chain there. Um, where do dolphins kind of fit in compared to like maybe chimpanzees? Yeah, that's 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 a hard question. You know, when we get into who's smarter, I think it's it perhaps not the, that's not the way to think about it. Perhaps we should think about these animals, dolphins and chimps and elephants and humans and our do- and dogs and cats, living in a world where they have certain challenges. How do they deal with these things? Um, that's a, it's important to think of the animals in terms of their world, not thinking about what an elephant is compared to us. However, having said that, we do do certain kinds of comparative tests where we ask questions like which animals can recognize themselves in a mirror, because it does take a certain kind of intelligence. Um, Which animals can understand the use of symbols, like on keyboards, or which animals can learn artificial languages? And those are different questions. It tells us about the the different kinds of intelligences, the different kinds of abilities. So as far as dolphins are concerned, they're way up there in terms of uh, the kinds of things we do. But again, you know, we have to be careful because animals can be intelligent in their own ways, in ways that we're not. i got to ask you, too, I mean, if you're studying dolphins and their behavior and all and the intelligence of them, how do you do that when they're, I mean, the oceans are so vast. Mm-hmm. How do you do that? Well, most of my work's been in aquaria, and I do field work now. We have actually a field site in Bimini in the Bahamas and in Belize where we record dolphins' behavior and vocalizations. But often, you know, it it can take hours or days to spot dolphins. I mean, often we get lucky and we see them right away. But it's very hard to track them for long periods of time and to do experiments with them in the sense of how do you get a dolphin in the wild to work with you for a long period of time where you can do careful uh, experiments or observations with them. And I'm, I'm talking about experiments where they're participating with you. You give them a mirror and see what they do, or you give them an underwater keyboard and see how they interact. You have to be, you know, these have to be very carefully controlled experiments 
so we really do understand what they're doing. And that's a challenge in the wild. I wish we could do lots more of these things in the wild, but um, it's not very easy. And also you have to, you have to be concerned with not, uh, let me say, um, interfering with what animals are doing in their own world, in the, you know, because sort of to introduce sounds to animals in the wild could be a problem. Diana, don't go away. We're going to take a little break. We're going to continue on with Diana Reese, the author of The Dolphin in the Mirror. You can find the book in bookstores. You can find it, of course, online as well, like Amazon and all the other ones. But if you want, uh, the first call to come in to Matt right now, our producer at 866-606-TALK, is going to get a complimentary copy of the book, The Dolphin in the Mirror, compliments of Diana Reese. 866-606-TALK, 866-606-8255. Call right now, and the book is automatically yours. 866-606-8255. The book is put out by Houghton, Mifflin, Harcourt, and like I said, you can find it online, and of course, you can uh, find it in bookstores. But right now, first call is yours. 866-606-8255. I'm John Patch. I'm Dr. Jared Lazarus. And Amanda Page. Pick up the phone, give us a call if you've got a question or a comment. 866-606-TALK. This is Talkin' Pets. Talkin' Pets. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. The Boo Boo Loon Pet Recovery Collar is an innovative inflatable product that comfortably restricts pets from harming most surgical wounds, skin disorders, and obsessive licking or scratching. It's the humane alternative to the hard plastic cone and other devices. The Boo Boo Loon is easy to use and designed to be soft, fully adjustable, and pillow-like, allowing for unrestricted vision and complete freedom of movement. Sizes range from extra small to extra large. So join the Boo-Boo-Lution. Become a Boo-Boo Buddy on Facebook or check out BooBooLoon.com. B-O-O-B-O-O-L-O-O-N.com. Is the coast clear? Yes. Let's go. Are you sure they went to Petco? Where else would they go? Oopsie. Hey, calm down. I smell presents. <gasps> go to PetLifeRadio.com slash Petco and get up to 40% off hundreds of holiday items at Petco. PetLifeRadio.com slash Petco. Uh-oh, step on it. Okay. Oh, not on my tail. <laughs> Petco, where the pets go. <laughs> Aquariums and pond keeping are among the most popular of all hobbies in the United States and throughout the world. In fact, fish are probably the most numerous pet in people's homes and in their businesses. In Aquarium Mania, we'll learn more about the secret and not-so-secret life of fish and other inhabitants, the basics of good aquarium keeping, the complexities of the aquarium industry, and the science and art that surround this fascinating hobby. I'm your host, Roy Anong, and I'd like to thank you for joining us. Aquarium Mania, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Ah, it's a marshmallow world in the winter when the snow comes to cover the ground. It's the time for play, it's a whipped cream day, I wait for it the whole year round. Those are marshmallow clouds being friendly in the arms of the evergreen tree. And the sun is red, 
like a pumpkin head. It's shining so your nose won't freeze. And once again, you're listening to Talkin' Pets. I'm John Patch. I'm Dr. Jared Lazarus. And Amanda Page. 866-606-TALK. 866-606-8255 is the number to call. And we're going to give away another book. So if you uh, call right now, The Dolphin in the Mirror is yours. 866-606-TALK. Just call Matt and tell him you want the book. And it's automatically yours. Compliments of the author, Diana Reese. 866-606-8255. Call right now and the book is yours. We're speaking with Diana Reese, of course, and she, like I said, she is the author of The Dolphin in the Mirror. i got to ask you, Diana, um, with everything that you've done working with dolphins and on writing this book, um, you also worked with that film, The Cove, didn't you? Yes. I, really, I wanted to share uh, what we knew about this terrible situation where dolphins are getting killed in this one small cove in Taiji, Japan. And with everything I knew, having worked closely and personally with these individual dolphins, with individual personalities, um, I thought it was critical uh, to write this book at this time to get the world to share with me this passion to stop this killing. It's amazing. I mean, for the love of the dolphins that we have, they're such beautiful creatures. I mean, you look in their eyes and it's like you see the history of time. Yeah, yeah, they're amazing. I mean, these animals are highly intelligent. When you ask me, you know, how does their intelligence stack up with other animals, I mean, clearly they're intelligent. They're emotional animals. They have, um, they have complex social, uh, you know, these societies in the seas. And um, they really need global protection. And again, when you, when you, often, when you see them uh, in these social groups in the seas, you know, you, you see this complexity. We're learning about this in our science. We've got 50 years of great science saying these animals are sentient. They need protection. Once again, the number is 866-606-TALK, 866-606-8255. Call right now and you're going to get a copy of the book, complimentary from Diana Reese, The Dolphin in the Mirror. Also, um, you know, we've had Temple Grandin on the show with this. We've had Jane Goodall on the show with this. And they've kind of struggled as being a woman out there, you know, advocating for animals. Do you find that coming across as you doing it for dolphins? Well, I don't feel like I'm struggling necessarily as a woman. I think the question is, as a scientist, how do we speak out and maintain our scientific credibility? And when I was, when I was growing up, I was always told, don't get involved in politics. Don't get involved in advocacy. Don't step in that ring. But I think it's important for scientists to have a voice in, in, in shaping policy. We've got to get our science out there and, and inform how we treat animals. So in our country, we're really lucky. We've, we've let science guide the protection of dolphins, and dolphins are really protected in this country. Um, but it's not the case in other places. So I'm very happy and proud to be able to get out there. And many, many of my scientific colleagues and lots of environmental groups are, are, have joined forces, and we're all trying to do this together now. We have a complimentary book going out to Scott in Oregon. So congratulations, Scott. You're getting a copy of The Dolphin in the Mirror. We have another book to go out, 866-606-TALK. Call right now, and the book is yours, 866-606-8255. Diana, you know, before we say goodbye and all, i, I got to hit you with this loaded question. Okay. Which seems to be very controversial back then and today especially. I mean, what do you think about, like, for zoos or theme parks or um, aquariums having dolphins on display there? I mean, what do you think? What's your theory on that? Well, I think it's, I know it's a debate, and I think it's a healthy debate. I think at this point, there are animals that have been raised in aquariums for a long time, 
and I think that these animals have to be cared for. Um, I'm not sure what the future should be. I'd love to see sanctuaries eventually for animals, much like we're doing with elephants, but I think we have lots to learn from these animals, and I think we have to continue to study them and to get that, that information out for further protection. My deep concerns are for the thousands of animals every year that are getting killed in these dolphin drives in Japan and in the Faroe, and, and in the Faroe Islands. And um, I think that that's where our view should really be focused right now, our concerns, because they're animals whose lives are in peril right now. Dolphins in aquariums, in fact, in the aquariums in this country and several other countries are, 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 are treated very well, and they have good veterinary care, and they're living, they're living enriched lives. That's not the case in all aquariums. For example, in Asia, there are aquariums where they're continuing to take from the drive, and we've been speaking out against that. But I think we need to join forces and stop the killing in the, in the world, and I think we can do a better job Thank protecting these guys. Diane, I have a quick question. Um, how do you exactly assess that a, a dolphin could recognize himself or herself in a mirror? I, I just <laughs> curiosity from Yeah, somebody. good question. So we use, this, we use a particular approach where we expose dolphins to a mirror, we give them a mirror, and we just let them get used to seeing themselves with, you know, and they're fed and they just, they, it's just sort of a toy for them. And then we look at their behavior. They basically throw, show three stages. First, a dolphin that's never seen a reflective surface may, will, may react as, as if they're looking at another dolphin and they show social behavior or they try to look behind the mirror. We call that exploratory behavior or social behavior. Then they show a second phase that we talk about as contingency testing. It's kind of like when Groucho in the Groucho skits where he's moving in these sort of odd repetitive movements to see if that reflection is him or someone else. So it's this sort of time where they check out that other image. Um, And that's where the light bulb goes on. That's when they figure out, ah, that's me in front of the mirror. And then they show this third stage where they're actually using the mirror to view themselves. So they may open their mouths really wide and look inside their mouths or put their eye right up against the mirror um, and look at parts of their body they can't see. And then what, we, what most people do, and this was spearheaded by uh, the person who did the work with chimps, Gordon Gallup, he marked them with a, a, a non-toxic mark that the animals could wipe right off. So we've marked dolphins with a mark, and they will, and if they understand it's themselves, beyond showing self-directed behavior, which is indication in and of itself, They'll race to the mirror, orient that part of their body that's marked right to the mirror to take a look at it. And that, that's another way of confirming that it's themselves. But it's that self-directed behavior, that looking at oneself, that is so, so compelling. And the mark test further verifies it. Does that make sense? Yes, that is absolutely fascinating. That is amazing. Yeah, it's really amazing that they're doing it. And we've, we're seeing this in very young animals now. Um, and it's just, um, it's just remarkable when you see that kind of intelligence, that spark. And again, we are not alone as a, as a, on this planet as, a, as thinking creatures. The world is abound with other animals that need us to protect them. Well, that's a great statement to close out the interview. And <laughs> you couldn't do any better than that, I think. Um, but, Diana, I want to thank you so much for joining us here on the program. And it was a great pleasure and an honor because, I mean, I am like a huge dolphin fan. Living here oh. in Florida, you know, there's nothing like driving across the bay and you look out into the, you know, into the bay and you see the dolphins swimming and jumping out through the water. It's absolutely gorgeous. I was just, I just flew back from Tampa. We were at a big Murray, our International Marine Mammal Conference. And I was just talking there and there was a dolphin right outside the conference center. So that was a thrill for us to see. It's amazing. Absolutely amazing. Great book, and people can find out all about dolphins and the dolphin in the mirror, of course. 
in this book, The Dolphin and the Mirror. And again, it's available in bookstores, available online. Diana Reese is the author. Diana, thanks so much for joining us here on the show. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. Happy holidays. Same to you. Thank you, Diana. That's Diana Reese. She's the author of The Dolphin and the Mirror, a great book. You can find it in bookstores. You can find it online, like I said. And we do have another book to give away, so if you call right now at 866-606-TALK, the book is yours. It's put out by Hofton Mifflin Harcourt. 866-606-8255. This is Talkin' Pets. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. It's the holidays at PetSmart, so come one and all. There are hundreds of gifts for pets big and pets small. Toys only at PetSmart so special and new. They'll love the gifts. You'll love the value. Hurry to PetSmart today for your very best friend and save 30 to 50% before the holiday ends. The holidays are just around the corner. Go to PetLifeRadio.com slash PetSmart and save up to 30% on awesome gifts for the pets and pet people in your life. Toys, collars, leashes, PetSmart gift cards, treats, and more. So shop early and save money. Go to PetLifeRadio.com slash PetSmart today. The new Dyson Animal Vacs are powerful bagless upright vacuums for homes with pets. Air muscle and radio root cyclone technology generates the strongest suction power to powerfully remove dust, dirt, and pet hair from the home or car. To order your Dyson Animal Vac, go to PetLifeRadio.com forward slash Dyson. PetLifeRadio.com forward slash Dyson. To order your Dyson Animal Vac today. Dyson. Music to your ears. Hi, this is Ken Jones from the Prince of Ponds podcast. The frogs are shaking the shakers, the turtles are hitting the slapsticks, and the koi are blowing the trumpets. It's party time here at Prince of Ponds. Out under the swaying palm trees, the pond fairies are kicking up their heels and spinning in delight in the twilight. Here on Pet Life Radio, it's time to celebrate the magic of ponds, waterfalls, fountains, and water gardens at the Prince of Ponds podcast. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Pet With this hour's Talking Pets news from the USA Today, here's your host, John Patch. Out of Louisville, Idaho, a man was killed when two large hail baits uh, fell on him while he was feeding livestock. Jefferson County spokeswoman Mikey Ames and said uh, Rick Davis, 47 years old, went out to feed the animals Monday when the uh, one-ton hay bales fell and trapped him. You always got to be careful. Out of, Jackson, out of Jackson, Mississippi, the state's first cat and dog felony abuse law is not doing the job, some say, pointing to the recent case of a hoarder discovered with about 200 dogs, many starving. Under the law, only one charge of animal cruelty can be brought, and because it was the hoarder's first offense, she could have been charged with a misdemeanor only. The Clarion Ledger reports no one has been charged with a felony of the law since it was signed in April 26th. In Portland, Oregon, Fiona Petra said someone stole her two uh, stole two of her pet rabbits and left a note saying they'd be in better hands. In their place was a note from the Halo League. That's H A L O stands for Helping Animals Live Outside. One of the rabbits named Truly was found by a woman who recognized her from a news report about the theft. In St. Louis, Missouri, state. 
food pantries can expect the arrival soon of what has become a seasonal offering, venison. The annual Share the Harvest program gives Missouri hunters an opportunity to donate deer to be processed and sent to more than 300 food banks. Last year, about 5,700 hunters took deer to food banks, providing more than 300,000 pounds of meat. Out of Frankfort, Kentucky, opening day of bear season will come a week early this year. Stephen Doby, bear program coordinator for the Kentucky Department of Fish and Wildlife Resources, says the two-day hunt in Harlan, um, Lecter, and Pike counties will be the second weekend of December. The department hopes the earlier date will avoid snowstorms and increase the success of hunters. In Rutland, Vermont, the U.S. Forest Service is offering Christmas trees from Green Mountain National Forest for $5. The permits can be purchased at any of the Forest Service offices here and in the Manchester Center, Middle, Middlebury, and Rochester. Trees cut on Forest Service land cannot be more than two, 20 feet tall. John? And once again, you're listening to Talking Pets. We welcome your calls and questions at 866-606-TALK. We do have another book to give away, and that's called The Dolphin in the Mirror, Compliments of Diana Reese, the author. It's out on bookshelves uh, right now in all your major bookstores and online as well. Coming up, joining us is Rob Atkinson, the CEO of the Elephant Sanctuary in Tennessee. We're going to be speaking with him about his sanctuary, so stay tuned for that. But check us out on the web at TalkinPets.com, T-A-L-K-I-N-Pets.com. This is Talking Pets. Happy Holidays. Somebody's gonna make a happy trip tonight While the moon is bright He's gonna have a bag of crazy toys To give the garnets of the girls and boys So dig Santa comes on big He'll come a-gone when the snow's the most When all your cats are sleeping warm as toast And you're gonna flip and once again, you're listening to Talking Pets. Happy Holidays. I'm John Patch. I'm Dr. Jared Lazarus. And Amanda Page. 866-606-TALK is the number. 866-606-8255. We were just speaking with Diana Reese. She's the author of The Dolphin in the Mirror. Great interview, by the way, and uh, she's doing a lot of justice there for the dolphins. We do have a copy of her book, so if you call right now and speak with Matt, our producer, um, we're going to send you out a copy of that book. 866-606-TALK. That's 866-606-8255. So pick up the phone and give us a call. And once again, you are listening to Talking Pets, and we want to talk with you. All the information about um, Diana Reese and all and uh, everything that's going on in the show today is available on our website at TalkinPets.com, T-A-L-K-I-N, Pets.com, TalkinPets.com, and you'll see it in the news banners. Also coming up, there's information, of course, on the Elephant Sanctuary in Tennessee, and I believe we have Rob Atkinson, the CEO online. Rob, are you with us? I am indeed. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Happy holidays. Thank you. Now, first of all, I want to introduce you to our uh, veterinarian here, our expert, uh, Jared Lazarus. Hi. How are you? Hello. And, of course, our uh, producer, uh, Amanda Page. Hi there. Hi, Amanda. Now, um, basically, I want, to, I want to find out, first off, before we get into what the elephant sanctuary is, I'd like to find out a little bit of what's going on. I saw you on CNN, actually, uh, which Bye. I am an avid watcher of CNN. 
And um, I did see you on there talking about the Ringling Brothers Circus, and it, it's true, right? They're being sued or being fined for, um, I should say fined, uh, for $270,000? That's right. Yeah, the USDA uh, uh, fined them $270,000 for, um, well, you know, it's uh, going through the USDA reports, uh, there's, there's, there's a whole catalog of uh, things that the USDA on numerous um, numerous investigations brought to the attention of Ringling Brothers um, with, with sick elephants, elephants made to perform, animals getting injured, lots of sort of details like, um, you know, lots of jagged edges that hadn't been, hadn't been attended to, wheelbarrows being used to, to both take meat to tigers and also to collect their feces, which is just awful. Um, and certainly with the elephants, an elephant that, that, that um, has had discharge from her vulva and, and that the, the USDA felt that that hadn't been properly attended to. Another little elephant um, who was lame and there'd been no proper diagnosis, even though she'd been lame for many, many months. And I think the, US, the impression I'm getting is that the USDA just thought enough was enough. You know, this, is, this has been going on. There are lots of, um, of warnings to do things about it and they haven't done anything about it. And so they've hit them with this, with this huge fine. It's the biggest. Uh, it's the biggest in history. In fact, under the Animal Welfare Act. You know, we just recently had um, Bob Barker on the show with this a couple weeks ago, and we were talking about he was in Washington D.C. trying to get a, a, a bill passed and trying yeah, to help. Yeah, he's a bit of a he's a bit of a hero, isn't he? Yes, he is. Yeah, a dear friend, and uh, love him a lot, and he works very hard at that. He's a huge animal lover. Yeah, he's a great man. He's done, and he puts his money where his mouth is. I he really, really does. appreciate. I really appreciate what he's doing. And this this act is uh, well. Let's just hope it has some wings and takes off and and becomes law. I'd really like that. I gotta ask you your opinion. Um, there was the the movie that came out with the with the guy from Twilight, actually, um, Rob Pattinson, and um, I'm trying to think. The elephant in the water, or I think it was the elephant in the water. Was that it? Water for Elephants. Water for Elephants, that's it. And um, I actually did see it, and it, I thought it was a, a well-done movie. Um, but they show one one instance there where the trainer is working with the elephant with a bull hook. And I don't know, did you you saw the film? I regret I haven't, but I'm very, very familiar with bull hooks. And basically at that night, they take the elephant into a train, and that's how they travel with these animals, by train or whatever, you know, sometimes by truck. But... Um, this elephant's laying there and bleeding from the side, and they show just the reaction between the actor and the elephant at that time, and it's just so touching and emotional the way this elephant's looking at the human being, and so it almost felt like like he's saying, why? Why are you treating me yeah. this way? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the elephant's emotions, pretty much, I mean, you, it's... It, there's always dangers with animals, isn't there, of over-anthropomorphizing. Having said that, elephants' capacities for emotions are pretty well the same as humans. Um, in terms of their capacity for grief, um, for, for, um, for mourning, for um, in, their, their need for friendship, their need for love, um, they are closer, they stay closer to each other than humans than humans do. I mean, they never leave each other's sides. We go into separate bedrooms to sleep or go off for weekends, but they don't. I mean, they just stay together forever. And it wouldn't at all surprise me if there, if some of some of these elephants just had some sort of lack of comprehension. Why, uh, why would you, why would you do this? You know, this is. I thought you were my friend, and now, and now I've been hurt. That wouldn't be beyond an elephant by any manner of means. You know, it was interesting. One day, um, I've been doing the show for 21 years, and about a couple of years ago, actually, I got asked to go tour one of the facilities. Uh, not 
well, basically it was Ringling Brothers. And um, I turned it down because I said, I don't want to take the typical tour. I don't want to be followed around by someone and saying, oh, this is what happens. And this. I don't want to see all of what we're supposed to see. I want to go behind the scenes and have freedom to go where I want to go. And, of course, I was told, you're not invited. <laughs> No, I think the same happened to some of the USDA inspectors. <laughs> From looking at the reports, um, there was quite a lot, you know, they weren't allowed to talk to various members of staff, and I think that's the impression I got was that the USDA just had enough. Well, I mean, I applaud the fact that they are being fined for that amount of money, and maybe that's actually not enough, but um, it would be nice to see one day where the circuses out there are maybe like Circus Soleil, where they didn't have animals and it was just humans that were performing. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm a big supporter from the, of, the, of the circus um, without animals. As you, as you can hear from my accent, I come from, from England. I, lived, I used to live in a seaside town. The circus would come every year, and I would always go. And I think it's a wonderful tradition, and it, they just don't need animals in it. And it's so difficult to, to cater for animals. I mean, the, these abuses under the Animal Welfare Act and not, not, you know, not looking after them, none of that has to happen. And animals don't have to be um, to be abused or ignored or neglected in any way. But that aside, the circus environment—it's—it's uh, it's just so difficult to cater for an, anim- an animal like an elephant. I mean, they they walk for tens of miles. They eat tens of different species of food. Um, they can recognise the calls of two hundred other different elephants and distinguish between them. I mean, their, their their social society is immensely complex. And yet, in a circus, they 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 have to chain them up and they have to try transport them and they have to make them perform it, it just doesn't allow them to be elephants it doesn't allow them to express their their full elephant nature and uh, I can't do it i'm afraid well they're truly the dinosaurs of our age and, and when you i mean they're they're so huge but when you uh, you're you're the elephant sanctuary which you're the ceo of this is located actually in tennessee is it hohenwald Homewell, Tennessee. That's right. We're about 85 miles southwest of Nashville. And you do have, I mean, I, uh, for what I think I understand, it's one of the largest facilities of its kind in the country, correct? Oh, it's, it's the largest. It's, it's the largest natural habitat. We have a, a, um, our, our, our colleagues and friends over in California and the Performing Animal Welfare Society uh, have another huge sanctuary. Uh, but th- they look after other animals as well as, um, as, well as elephants, uh, uh, bless them for what they do. Uh, we just we just concentrate on elephants here. We, we have a lot of woodland uh, pastures. We have a 24-acre lake. Um, it, it's pretty wild, creeks and, and ponds and, and uh, a, a lot of freedom for the elephants. And more important than space, even more important than space, is just that they can do the things that nature intended them to do. They can occupy their brains um, with finding and manipulating and eating food. I mean, food is a big deal to elephants. They, they, they eat very huge quantities of low-quality food, and um, it takes them a long time to find it and prepare it and eat it and digest it. And their whole biology, their whole lifestyle is built around that sort of bulk intake of low-quality fodder. By, when I say low-quality, I mean low in calories. You know, it's not, it's not, it's not nutrient-dense. Um, and that's what their lives are like. They're kind of slow time, and um, and that's what we give them the opportunity to do here. And the other thing, as well as having a natural um, a natural way of finding food, is that they can can uh, they can live together with other elephants. They can choose their friends. They can get away from elephants if they're uh, if they're uh, if there's aggression, which they can't, for instance, in a small zoo. Um, here, they can just go away until everything calms down, and then they can come back and be friends again. 
Rob, don't go away. We're going to come right back with Rob Atkinson. He's the CEO of the Elephant Sanctuary located in Tennessee. What's your website there, Rob? www.elephants.com. Best website in the world. What a great address we have. Yeah, I was going to say, that's easy enough. I know. Elephants.com. Check it out. And uh, I want to ask you a little bit about, you have a webcam on there as well, and we'll get into that when we come back. Once again, you are listening to Talking Pets. Happy holidays out there. We're speaking with Rob Atkinson. If you have any questions, give us a call at 866-606-TALK. That's 866-606-8255. Once again, I'm John Patch. I'm Dr. Jared Lazarus. And Amanda Page. 866-606-TALK. You can check out the Elephant Sanctuary at elephants.com. That's their website. This is Talking Pets. Talking Pets. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Love your pets but wish their medications were a lot less expensive? They are at 1-800-PET-MEDS. You'll not only save on flea and heartworm medications, but on prescriptions for arthritis, incontinence, thyroid, and more. And you get fast service, free shipping, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Plus, our licensed pharmacists ensure accuracy, monitor drug interaction, and more. See why over 5 million people have trusted their pet's health to 1-800-PET-MEDS, America's largest pet pharmacy. Call now or order online. Go to PetMeds.com forward slash Lucky, L-U-C-K-Y, to get 10% off any order and free shipping on orders of $39 or more at PetMeds.com. Celebrate your special occasion and give her this classic semi-eternity band created with one-carat brilliant diamonds channel set in 14-carat white gold. Exclusively yours from ICE.com. Free shipping over $150, free returns, and 30-day money-back guarantee. Go to ICE.com and use promo code ACTFP and get 20% off your purchase. Or use promo code ADTFP and get 20% off at Diamond.com. ICE.com or Diamond.com. Get 20% off from Pet Life Radio. Thinking about buying a monkey? How about a ferret or a skunk? Then check out the show that will answer the burning questions, where do you get them? What do you feed them? How do you take care of them? And most of all, what were you thinking? With exotic pet expert and author Bob Tart, every week on demand from PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. A follow-up story has a happy ending. For the Talking Pets News Brief, I'm Amanda Page. You may remember the story that we did about a Southern California woman who stood on a busy street corner in La Jolla wearing a bikini to draw attention to her lost dog. Well, she has been reunited with your pet. 20-year-old Arlene Corona stood on the corner in her bikini and pumps for six days last week, seeking the public's help in finding the ch- her chihuahua named Chipetta. Corona had Chipetta for five years and said she stands out on the corner every day until her precious pup will come home. Finally, someone called Corona and told her about a woman who had the dog and reunited 
was arranged. Corona says she plans to get the dog microchipped in case the dog ever disappears again. Reporting for Talking Pets, I'm Amanda Page. And once again, you're listening to Talking Pets. I'm John Patch. I'm Dr. Jared Lazarus. And Amanda Page. Happy holidays to everybody out there listening to Talking Pets. We wish you a very safe and happy holiday season. 866-606-TALK is the number. 866-606-8255. We're speaking with Rob Atkinson. He's the uh, CEO of the Elephant Sanctuary. Their website is www.elephants.com. And Rob, um i got to ask you, based on the song that Mandy just brought us back in with, you know, um, talk, you know, the Christmas song with the weather and so on and so forth, how do the elephants deal, like, in Nashville area and, and you know, in Tennessee with the with the harsh weather? Uh, they, they vary. Um, but gen- generally, elephants quite like a bit of cold weather, a bit of snow. Um, they like playing in it. It seems to bring out the kid in them. Uh, but they are tropical animals, and they can't really cope with long, long periods of of cold weather so we have um heated heated barns up here and uh, solar heated and they have um <clears throat> underground heating as well and so they come in they come in whenever whenever it's cold and elephants are also pretty good at looking after themselves I mean, with our with our with our spacious environment they can find little valleys and they can get under trees and they can get themselves uh, tucked away yeah i want to see you try to fit a sweater on one of those guys i know <laughs> <laughs> And speaking of C, I understand that you can actually watch a webcam that you guys have there set up that you can watch the elephants? You, you can. You, you go onto our webcams. If you just log on to elephants.com, uh, you'll find the webcam icon up in the top right corner. And uh, you can click on it, and hopefully you'll see some elephants. Uh, we've got, um, we have 14 cameras scattered around the grounds, and we do our best to try and uh, keep the elephants in view on the cameras. But um, with our thick woods, they sometimes get out of view, and so sometimes viewers um, will just have to wait a while before they can see an elephant. But that's all thats all part of the fun. That's pretty cool. You also have a YouTube channel too, right? We do, yes. We've got, we're, uh, we're all linked up to, we're all linked up to, linked up to YouTube, yeah. So YouTube.com uh, forward slash Elephant Sanctuary TN for Tennessee. So Elephant Sanctuary TN. And also, Thank you, that's the one. With um, is it true that like a health risk to these big guys is TB? Uh, yeah, TB is one of the. I mean, elephants have all sorts of, of of welfare problems in captivity. They they generally they really don't do well in captivity. They they need the kind of space that um, the wild can give them and we and that we try to give them. But TB is one of the diseases which um, far more common in captivity than it is. It is in the wild. We're not sure exactly what the figure is, but it's in the region of 15% of elephants in captivity have have tuberculosis, and it's the form, it's the human form of tuberculosis. So there's potential for a health risk to humans there as well. Um, The species can catch it off each other. How many elephants? um, Go on. How many elephants do you have right now at at the Elephant Sanctuary? We have 14. We have 14. 14. 
we specialize in treating in treating tuberculosis we are um, we're already a world leader in treating tuberculosis, and we're going to emphasise that with our new um, veterinary care centre, which is our which is our appeal at the moment. Looking for looking for money f- to build up our veterinary care centre. We're naming it after Lota. Lota was a sweet and lovely elephant who uh, died of TB. She um, she wasted away and died, and we're going to name the veterinary care centre uh, in her honour. And there, we're going to be looking on not 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 only looking after our elephants, um, but also trying to develop ways of treating tuberculosis that we can help other people um, with elephant with them um, who have TB elephants as well and you're a 501 c3 nonprofit corp so I mean if people want to donate they can actually um, as a charity donate to the elephant sanctuary correct absolutely they can yes, how can there are ve- there, there, it's clear the ways on the website how you can donate you can come become a member you can you can feed an elephant um, if that's the way you like money uh, your money to be spent that's absolutely fine um, there is elephant endowments if you have a particular fondness for a specific elephant, which many of our supporters do, then you can you can sponsor a specific a specific elephant, and um, there are all sorts of ways in which you can which you can help the elephants. What's the average lifespan of an elephant? Um, that's a very good question. Uh, elephants in captivity. The eldest one was um, an Asian elephant who died when uh, he was seventy nine. Uh, that was in Asia, and he was in a temple. Don't know how long exactly how long they live in in the wild, but they can certainly live into their into their seventies. Wow. In captivity, you're talking about half that period, literally half that period. Um, they can't, they don't live anything like as long as they do in the wild. And you think about what the wild is full of: lions, tigers, you know, hyenas, that kind of thing. Um, so why does captivity induce these premature deaths? And it's it's because it's such an and it's such an inappropriate environment that uh, it induces huge stress and makes them very vulnerable to all sorts of illnesses and de- diseases. And the, the young don't live. Don't I mean the breeding is really difficult as well. The breeding success of captive elephants is very very low. Elephants are kind of telling us that they don't really want to be held captive. Generally, that's what they're saying. Well, it'd be nice actually if we can keep them in the wild. But with you know poaching and you know human encroachment, it's really tough that, to do that. Rob, I want to thank you so much for joining us in this segment of the program, and I wish you the best with the Elephant Sanctuary. I hope you keep up with this. Uh, any news releases that you have or anything, we'll post them on our website for you and all. And if we can help out in any way, please let us know. I'm very grateful. Thank you. And thank you to all your listeners. Uh, please tune in to www.elephants.com and, um, and, and see what you can see. We'd Sounds like good. To have you. Thank you, Rob. Bye-bye. Take care. Happy holidays. That's Rob Atkinson, the CEO of the Elephant Sanctuary. Their website is elephants.com. If you want to check them out, there's cameras on there. You can watch the elephants at any time. Pretty cool. Well, once again, I'm John Patch. I'm Dr. Jared Lazarus. And Amanda Page. You know, it'd be nice to see all the elephants and everything taken out of the zoos, or not the zoos, but the circuses and all, and just get them out of there as performing animals and put them back in what could be their natural environment. And it sounds like the Elephant Sanctuary is doing a great job there. It's a huge facility. Big. 866-606-TALK is our number. Happy holidays to all of you out there. Thanks for joining us in this hour of the program. Don't forget the Dolphin in the Mirror with Diana Reese and help out the Elephant Sanctuary. This is Talking Pets. Let's Talk Pets. Every week on demand. Only on PetLifeRadio.com.